plan, protect, and preserve so you can have peace of mind. That's the motto of Steve Davis of Davis Wealth Management, your host of Your Healthy Retirement. On this podcast, we'll strive to teach you about comprehensive financial lifestyle planning, the importance of minimizing taxes, the keys to leaving a legacy, building an income plan, and properly managing your wealth now and well into the future. Joining Steve Davis are the hosts of Good Morning New Hampshire on 107.7 The Pulse, Peter St. James, and Pat Kelly. So some common questions you kind of should really go through that go through a lot of people's minds. Should I pay off my mortgage early and cut back on savings? Should I take money out of savings to pay down credit card debt? What should I ha- save while I'm in debt? And here's a look at what you need to save broken down by age. So with, with those questions in mind, Bankrate did a little breakdown of, okay, how much should I have in retirement savings and how much should I have in regular savings? Okay, okay? now, now, now wait, hang on. Now, those are two distinct categories. Yep. Okay, one, some, some, people think, some people think that just, you know, one category, is one big pot, and let's go back to your, your pot analogies. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have X amount of dollars in my retirement savings. Yeah, but you need that and the emergency savings. If the car, something happens to the car, the furnace goes down, but that doesn't come out of the 401k stuff. That should be out of a separate account, right? Correct. There That's you go. That's the key component here. Yep, yep. So just look at a 30-year-old. They're basically saying a 30-year-old in, in your 401K for retirement, you should have roughly saved, you know, in nine years if you graduated at 21, okay. $66,470. And you say, wow, that's a lot of money, you know, a 30-year-old. But if you break it down, it's roughly 7385 a year. And in a month, that's $615 a month. Now, that number will include hopefully some contributions from your employer. Mm-hmm. Good point. So yep. that number could even be cut down somewhat also. Okay. But these are guidelines. The point is start to put something when you're 21, 22, 23, yep. and continue right through so that, you know, when you get to that age 60 and so many people are just burnt out by then and they want to check out, but they didn't start their savings process until later in life, yep. so therefore they're going to you know, have to work longer. Yep. Emergency savings, you know, what's the goal? Right. They say someone who's 30 should have about 10000 to $20,000 roughly. Okay. Now, those numbers to me really are predicated upon what your expenses are on a monthly basis from a, you know, two distinct areas. What are my survival expenses and what are my desired? So my savings account really should, to me, should have those, not those desired expenses, but more of the, okay, this is survival. If something happens, mm-hmm. I lose my job or we have a pandemic. Yep. How do I approach this? Where do I get the money? What do I start doing? You need to develop a real blended approach to saving money and and saving for a 401k. And then the other thing that comes into the conversation is, okay, how do I pay off debt? Because a lot of young people coming out of college, so you got college debt, you have car loans. So you have to create a, a real blended approach to this. 
and understand what the effects are. And you want to be careful with some pitfalls when it comes to paying off debt. Only pay off your debt if you have the emergency funds. So in other words, ah. for the you know car repair, water heater, medical expenses. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you start trying to pay off debt and then all of a sudden you don't have that savings account built up and one of these things goes and you don't have that savings they tend to go try to raid the 401k, and that's a big mistake because that really will affect your retirement planning down the road. But you know that somebody thinks they're doing the right thing, saying, okay, I've got $6,000 in retirement, and, hey, I've got $1,500 in credit card debt. I've got, you know, something else, something else. Totals up to about five grand. Okay, so if I pretty much clean out my emergency savings, wow, I'm debt-free, I'm broke over here, but I don't owe anything. They're going to make that argument in their head. You know that. They are, correct. And you really have to – that's where sitting down with professionals and help balancing this – This re, it's a critical type of planning process in the sense that exactly how you said it, Peter, you don't want to raid one pot or the other. It's a blended approach and a blended balance of what you're trying to do when it comes to solving these types of issues of paying down debt while saving, okay? And you want to know what the impacts are. And understanding that six months of living expenses, that survival expense is really critical. You know, that's sitting down and saying, okay, what's my rent? What's my mortgage? What's my property tax? What do I have to contribute out of my pay into health taxes? I mean, health costs. Sure. You know, utilities, cell phones, gasoline, insurances on cars, do you go to the dry cleaner, do you get a haircut, do you get your nails done? You know, yeah, and if, those, if, if you're going to do it, if you're going to be talking heat, don't do it in July when you're not spending anything. Plan on December, January when the oil or the propane guy comes by. Correct. And what you really want to do is is take every monthly number, okay, from January right through December, Take each number, add it up, and then take an average of divided by 12. Even though you may not spend that for fuel in July, you're averaging it out and work on averages and just think of it that way because I think it's an easier way to save and approach, you know, what your costs are. Hmm. One of the things, you don't want to be lured into the home equity loan thing. I mean, oh. home equity loan, home equity loans are good, yep. but understand how they work and understand why you do them and understand what they're tied to. So my point is using a home equity loan, if you have equity in your house, to start paying off some debt. Yeah, the rate's lower and maybe more organized, one payment versus many different credit card payments, okay? Sure. But that can turn out to be a mistake as you're clearing unsecured debt which means the credit cards, but increasing secured debt, meaning now that home loan that you're going to take, that home equity loan, that's secured against your house. So that pulls your house into the equation where credit cards are, they're not, they're unsecured debt, okay? So if you don't pay your credit card off, it's not like they're going to come and take your house away. But a home equity loan, you want to understand how they work and Mm -hmm. what they're tied to. I get it. 
And I think, you know, in the right situation, those things will work. But understand the impacts of what's going on around you with all the other different variables that are involved. Is there a difference between a home equity loan and a home equity line of credit, you know, HELOC? No, 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 no. They're usually the home line of credit or home equity loan are kind of the same thing. Okay, okay. Okay. I just, there are two terms. I just wanted people to understand, but, you know. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, make sure you shouldn't have trouble paying now for your home. You, you want to keep your house kind of out of the jeopardy zone, as I call it. Ooh. And so when you're looking to pay down debt, don't put any more undue stress onto that side of the equation. Yeah, then it becomes your like a, sh- it's a shell game. You're just moving stuff around. And that, that's what they're doing. It's a shell game. Yeah. You know, a lot of people do that with credit cards. And, and I think you're better off if you can actually restructure debt with credit cards and you're paying 23% on one, and you can move it with no penalty or anything and pay a lower interest rate, 12 or 15, then do it. That's better than taking, you know, an additional home equity line if on top of a mortgage that you might have against, you know, some of the some of the costs that you've built into your house. And I know people who have called the credit card company, they, you know, have good credit. They pay their bills on time. They've called the credit card company and said, yeah, Okay, that 19% or that 20% or whatever, you know, kind of high. Can we knock it down? And conceivably, there are times when the credit card companies have knocked down their interest rates. Yeah, you got to pick up the phone. Yeah. yeah. And you have to stay on top yep. of these things. A lot of times we'll sit down with people and we'll, we'll go over the credit card debt. And when you ask the question of what are you paying in interest, a lot of times I get these crazy numbers like, oh, we're paying 10%, 12%. They actually don't know. And they're paying 21, 22, or 23. Wow. And there's a lot of that out there. Yeah. So you want to do your homework and understand what you are paying as far as interest goes. As far as borrowing from the 401k, kind Don't. of goes against the very reason you contributed to your 401k in the first place, and that's for retirement savings, so yep. going to borrow. Yep. There's some pitfalls that people don't realize when you're borrowing. The money you use to pay the interest is now subject to double taxation. Ooh. So since you're paying the loan back, with after-tax dollars, you'll be taxed again when you take the distribution, when you have to take your required minimum distribution. Yeah, mm-hmm. So understand, you know, what the impact is of borrowing against your 401k. We always tell people it's a last resort. We understand why you have to do it. There's also potential penalties involved, which are being waived right now. But if you're not 59 and a half and you go after your 401k, there's penalties and the other thing you want to understand is if you took a loan with a certain employer, we talked about it, I think, last week, and after a certain time period, you've left that company right. and you still have that loan, some companies, they'll 1099 you, and now all that money becomes taxable, and you weren't ready for that or you weren't planning for it, and it kind of curveball gets thrown at you. So understand that. Okay. Be careful with the debt relief stuff that goes on out there. There's a lot of scams. It sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. Mm-hmm. Many companies use questionable practices like holding your payments aside for several months, thus putting you in such a position that your creditors are willing to negotiate. But what happens is you're endangering your credit. Okay. Yeah. So when you start to look into these things, make sure you cross your T's and dot your I's as to, okay, how are they going to help me relieve my debt? You know, what are the practices that they're using and understand 
you know, the overall effect of what their suggestion you do at that point. Now, um, now okay, the bank, uh, the, the car loan people say, hey, take a couple months off. You send us, you know, $40 or, or interest, whatever, and you could have the next two months off for payments. Is that good or does that hurt me? I mean, it could be a good thing, you know, so what are they, where are they recouping that money? Is it a higher payment? It's a mathematical equation, so you just have to figure it out. Okay. It's, it could, it's not a bad thing. Okay. You just have to know, you know, first of all, does the payment fit your financial needs Good point. on the car payment? Okay, it delays it. Are you structured enough where, hey, I'm going to start to make those payments, put it into a savings account, build up savings, and then, you know, when you start to have to pay them, continue to pay, but keep that savings there. And then if you get into caught between a rock and a hard plate and something happens for a month, you've already put away a month's worth of savings for the car payment. You've been listening to the Your Healthy Retirement Podcast with Steve Davis of Davis Wealth Management. If you have any questions about what you've heard today or have a financial and retirement planning question of your own, don't hesitate to reach out. Give a call to 888-333-3818. That's 888-333-3818. Or go online to daviswealthmgmt.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Your Healthy Retirement and subscribe. That way, you'll never miss a show. Also, be sure to catch Steve live every Thursday morning at 7.30 in the Concord area on 107.7 The Pulse. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Davis Wealth Management are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents.